Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, it's just news again. Spider-Man Homecoming dropped a third trailer, and it's got all the spoilers you've ever thought that you didn't need, but you actually do. Guardians 2 powers on, up past 700 million, keeping going. Uh, Avengers Infinity War and Black Panther have released their synopses, and some spoilery news if you're really into that kind of thing. I'm not, though. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. And I am Jeff Randall. And joining us from, where are you, where are you at, Nathaniel? Uh, beautiful Viking, Minnesota. Population like 60. Viking, Minnesota. <laughs> That's an amazing name for a place. That's the place I want to go. Joining us by Skype from Viking, Minnesota. You've heard his name on the podcast a bunch because he's always a contributor leaving comments and thoughtful stuff. Uh, Nathaniel Muzzy. Uh, welcome, my friend. Welcome. welcome. Thanks for having me, guys. First time, long time. <laughs> yeah, first like long time listener. Don't get many first opportunities to say that on podcasts. No, no, you don't. That's great. Uh, we don't hear it, but we don't hear it often. That made me feel like a real uh, broadcaster just then. Ooh. Okay, it made me feel like a drive time talk radio guy, but still, <laughs> uh, that's a real broadcaster. Yeah, they, they they broadcast. We're we're technically real broadcasters. We are real people, and we broadcast. Across the internet? It's true. I don't know how professional we are. So we're going to run down the news and see what you guys think about it. And see, Nate, Nate jump in. Tell us what you think anytime. Uh, what what you got for us tonight, Jeff? Well, man, the third and final official large long trailer for Spider-Man Homecoming has dropped upon the internet. You're Ooh. welcome. Um, so... I guess I guess we talked about watching it before we talk about it one more time. So we're gonna watch it like right now, just to refresh our memories. Then we're gonna deep dive into the Spider-Man th- uh, third Spider-Man trailer. Okay, so that trailer looks great. The trailer looks amazing. So just a spoiler alert: we're gonna get into this trailer. So if you uh, if you don't want to know anything more than you already know about Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh, we're, we might talk about something here, so skip for a few minutes. Uh, but what do you think, man? What's, what were your big takeaways? Big takeaways is that tonally, it feels exactly the same as the other trailers, which I think is important. It If you look at other trailers in the MCU, and just especially in other universes, like uh, if you look at trailers for like Suicide Squad or, or any of the DC movies, really, there's a different tone to each of the trailers, and it doesn't really give you a feel for how the movie's going right. to be. It's, it almost feels like they're trying to cater to every audience. Right. They're trying to bring to, in everybody and as be opposed like, oh, to it's like, not quite what you wanted, but here you go. This is the movie we're making. If, you're, if it looks good, come see it. <laughs> and not everybody wants that. The one, the one thing that kind of bothers me about this trailer is... The fact that to discuss it, you need a spoiler warning. Right. Yeah. I actually didn't think it was that spoilery, but a lot of people on the Facebook were like, this is so spoilery. <laughs> um, I, I honestly thought two trailers ago it was too spoilery. That's fair. <laughs> like, yeah, I kind of know the know, whole plot of the movie now. Maybe part of it is Marvel has such a marketing ramp up to these movies that, you know, it's not just the trailer, but it's the fact that We've seen little bits and pieces of scenes around the scenes that are in the trailer. 
So it's like by the time trailer number three rolls around on a Marvel movie, it's like, okay, I know like 70 to 80% of the plot. And it's right. I know what the major beats are going to be. I will say Guardians didn't do that. But like yeah, Age of Ultron, no Age of Ultron, I knew exactly what happened in that movie going yeah. in. I want to say they learned from Age of Ultron, but I will say, I mean, this is Sony, technically, so, you know, hopefully they've all learned their lesson and they're not going to spoil us too much. Um, I think that, I think trailer number two was the one with the real problem, and then this this is going to be spoilery in case you don't read into trailers like I do, but they straight up laid out, has the suit... Does something wrong with it? The suit gets taken away. Has to prove himself without the suit, just as himself fighting Vulture. Like all of that was in that second trailer, and I was like, I know the whole plot now. <laughs> that's yeah. That's you a, know, that's now that no you good. say that, I agree. You know, it, it's been a while since I watched trailer number two, but you're probably right on that. That trailer two, this just filled in more of the yeah. plot points that trailer two showed us. Yeah, the biggest one, plot point that filled in for me is this apparently happens immediately after Civil War, which I did not know. No, we 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 knew that from the first one though. He was watching uh, videos of what happened in Civil War. Well, but a his, video on class. YouTube exists forever. He could have been watching it six months later, you know. Nah. Uh, or a new video has surfaced. Blah blah blah. Could well, have been they, were, they were saying but in the it's synopsis, it's like right after the events. Gotcha. Of. Uh, well, I didn't. And, I didn't know uh, that Stark still has his uh, his shiner that that he got in oh, yeah. Civil War. That's true. That's true. He does. Yep. I didn't know that, and I thought that then telling him as he's getting out of the car, I just always assumed that was like Tony Stark coming to visit him. But this is like this is immediately him dropping. <laughs> like he's him dropping, dropping him, him off, off after it. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That's different than I realized. Which what did he do while Tony went to like? Antarctica or wherever I forget where that was. Siberia. Siberia. What was <laughs> the other Spider-Man frozen doing? place? Yeah. What was Spidey doing? Yeah, he, he just took a semester abroad. Oh yeah, yeah. It's no. kind of like one of my favorite movie <laughs> flaws. He was studying abroad. Yeah. What was her name? <laughs> one of my favorite movie flaws of all time is uh, in Rocky Four, I believe it is. He goes to Russia. And his son is watching him fight in the Olympics in Russia. And his son is like an eight-year-old boy. And he's like, come on, Dad, take him down. He's like watching the Olympics on the TV. And then the next movie, he's getting off the plane coming home from Russia. And his child's like 19 years old. <laughs> they just spent like, a long time in Russia. It just that they What happened is he decided to swap the, the boy playing his son for his actual son, but did not care that the age of the actor was nothing like the age. Of, <laughs> yeah, it was just crazy. Was he actually getting off the plane coming back from that event in Russia? Yes. Okay. Very clearly. Okay. It was crazy. I haven't watched any of the Rocky movies. I'm sorry. They're wonderful. Okay. They're um, wonderful, except for Rocky Five, which is a steamy pile of garbage. Is that is that the one where he has the more of a, the street fight is the final battle? Yeah. 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 That is the definitely the worst Rocky movie. Against also, Tommy Gunn. Yeah, he fights ah. Tommy Gunn. I think number four is pretty nuts. Like the fact that they have a, a butler robot. And uh, it's nuts, but it's the greatest '80s movie nuts, right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They've it's got a, fun a butler kind of robot. That's what makes it great. Tommy Gunn was like not great. There wasn't anything great about that. Right. 
That whole thing was like, oh, gosh, I don't care about this at all. Thanks for having me on the Rocky podcast. This is yeah. The thing about this trailer for Spider-Man <laughs> Homecoming that really got filled in for me yeah, is that um, the suit gets taken away later in the movie than I thought it would. Um, oh, you mean like he has more time with the suit? Right, he has more time with the special suit. Uh, from from the look of it, it's not just like first encounter with Vulture and it's done. It's like he encounters Vulture on like on top of somebody's house in a neighborhood, and that's when he gets picked up and taken up. Is from from the look of it, and then he has to deploy the the parachute, or I guess it deploys itself for See, him. <laughs> I hate drawing all these connections, especially out loud. Because once we say them out loud, it's like it's like they're real. Because um, <laughs> yeah. I can I can kind of ignore and forget. But basically, I here's the plot that I see. Uh, he <laughs> he sees uh, he he's he's being neighborhood Spider Man. Uh, he wants to do more, so he goes and has and goes and stops those bank robbers or whatever. Yep. And that and I think those bank robbers work for the Vulture. Yeah, yeah, they do. And yeah. so that's when the vulture goes and finds him, and that's when they fight on top of that house. And then he continues to seek out all the stuff and ends up with that boat. Yeah, on the ferry. On the ferry, which I wonder if that the, the vulture fight is what leads to him and his friend trying to unlock parts of the suit. And I wonder if they do unlock parts of the suit, and then he uses them in that uh, boat uh, thing. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's exactly what happens. I think his friend Ned Leeds, you know, they hack into the suit after his first encounter with the Vulture, with this tech. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, he thinks he's unstoppable because he's got all these gadgets and, you know. Yeah, and he goes after him without the training wheels protocol being initiated. It just sucks that we can figure this out so well. And and I hope the people that... I hope we're wrong. I just hope we're wrong, but we're not. <laughs> you know, you know what well, I'm looking forward to after knowing that they hack into the suit. I'm looking forward to that Iron Man versus Iron Spider fight from Civil War. Nathaniel, you know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, and, and the one thing that does give me hope is we have seen barely anything of Spider-Man in the old like sweatsuit costume. Oh yeah, and the goofy maybe costume. that's because t- maybe Tony doesn't take the suit away completely, or we haven't seen anything from Act Number Three. Because I'm assuming the end of na- Act Number Two is when he loses the suit that Tony gave him. <clears throat> yeah, so, I think so that means all of Act Number Three is out there for us. Well, except and so I guess if in that trailer, all we know is the rising action in that trailer two. Which I hate, I hate to bring back another another bit, but in trailer two, the, we see him fighting Vulture in his original suit. Yeah, on top of the plane. Yeah, and he's on top of that plane, steering the plane in his original suit. So I think all of that oh, third act action... Suit? Yeah. And so I think oh, all of that third so. act action is him in his original suit going out... Despite the fact that he doesn't have the tech to do it, he's going to go fight the vulture because it's like his mission to do the right thing, even though he doesn't have the suit. Um, right, great power, great responsibility, exactly, etc., etc. And we saw him in the in this trailer, actually, in that suit steering <laughs> the plane. Right after he said, "You know, I'm a kid who can stop a bus with his bare hands." Yeah, and we see him steering the plane there. 
Yeah, in the original suit, which it's like, I just feel like they're showing us too much here. Just too much. Yeah. Yeah, because that feels really act three, like, big set piece. Yeah, huge action. Well, yeah, in that plane scene. And we know he doesn't have the suit in that scene, so obviously it's after all that other stuff, so... If if you think this is spoilery, and maybe the reason I thought this was spoilery, I also watched the international version of this trailer. Oh, Why'd no. you do that to yourself? And that mm. tells you even more because you Ugh. find out what's on that plane. Oh, really? So, I don't want to know what's on that plane. Yeah. That's awful. <laughs> That's awful. Yeah. So, so I'm not gonna say it because you know I don't want to ruin it for anyone else. But watch the international version if you want more spoilers. Wow. I have to now. I have to seek it out. Yeah, Jeff will Sorry, seek it Jeff. out. I, I have a policy now where I only watch trailers basically for the podcast, and I watch them once or twice at most. And then I just try not to pay attention to any more. But the problem is, with these three trailers, I feel like we've really pieced together the plot. And maybe we're wrong, yeah. and maybe there is more third act stuff. Maybe he gets the suit back and has a whole nother, uh, you know, fight with the Vulture and whoever else. But... I just don't. Yeah, and maybe maybe it is a Sony thing on this one because I kind of felt like Marvel was done doing this, like they yeah. learned their lesson with Age of Ultron. I I honestly think too much information hurt Age of Ultron's bottom line. That and it just wasn't as strong as Avengers one. But right. uh, you know, Guardians two, we saw all of this build up with uh, is it the Abelisk fight? Yeah. I can't remember what the name of that space. Yeah, it was the Abelisk. Yeah. And, and it turns out that's like the first 10 minutes of the movie. And they didn't yeah. even focus on it. Yeah, it was the perfect trailer. You know. Yeah, it really obviously was. Obviously, there were scenes from other parts of that movie, but I had no idea what the plot line was going into that one. No, me neither. And honestly, the same thing with Doctor Strange. Like, I knew the plot line basically from comics we'd read and, like, the stuff we talked about, but I didn't know it from the trailers. And so I think as a general audience, the general audience isn't going to know. Uh, what's going on in yeah. Doctor Strange either. And that third act, his final fight, if you want to call it that, with Dormammu is a, is just amazing and out of left field, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's not even really a fight. It's so great. much as just a smart thing for him to do. Yeah, it's a really, really wonderful ending. And there's none of that is spoiled. It's such a great surprise. Well, and maybe we'll get a scene like that in Spider-Man. Obviously, he's not going to bargain with Dormammu. But, uh, right. well, he I mean, might. he could. But, uh, <laughs> he literally could. <laughs> but, you know, maybe, maybe there's a surprise coming. I, I, I hope that there is. I, what, I, what I hope that it's not is I hope that they don't surprise us with another villain and try to pack in too many. Because Vulture and the Tinkerer and Shocker already. And, and the Prowler. And the, oh, God, Stop. Stop! Quit adding. It's just—it's too but, much. It's too much. They—I they, mean—they—they've learned after you know Spider-Man three and then the Amazing Spider-Man two. Like you don't need to pack in all of Spider-Man's Rogues Gallery because you know you've got time. You've got time. Take your time. Yeah. And do it right. Batman don't even try that shit. And everybody knows <laughs> well, his Rogues and, Gallery. And. You know, I look at I look at the movie this way. You know, I think the Shocker's going to be a fairly minor villain. He always is. Uh, I I think he's going to be a setup scene, maybe almost a cameo in this Tinker. I think we're going to see the Tinker five to ten minutes in the whole movie. 
Uh, I think they're going to set him up as kind of a background player in most of these Spider-Man movies. Because if you look at Spider-Man's rogue gallery, they're all tech-based, so keep the tinker around. And the Prowler, you know, you saw him in this trailer, uh, uh, Glover, um, blanking on his first name. Donald. Uh, but, yes, thank you, Donald. Uh, but, you know, you see that he's pro- he's supposed to be a low-level minor criminal. The Prowler was never a major comic book character. You know, his name to fame is that he's Miles Morales' uncle. So, hmm. you know, I think he's gonna kind of get on Peter in, like, a short scene about, you know, the talking and the banter and being intimidating. And that's all we're gonna see of him. And honestly, they've got Michael Keaton, and everything, everything about these trailers, as much as I complain about what they're showing... Michael Keaton is killing it in these things. You know, though, like now that you mention it, I'm excited. Now that you mention the Michael Keaton thing, we don't see him much in these trailers. Although he's, we we see him in his suit, but we really don't. I know people have said we see more about his motivation in this trailer and the last one talking about his family. But I feel like maybe that's a big hole in this movie that we haven't seen yet. Is like a lot about his arc, which could be really interesting and cool to watch. So, uh, just just because. You're, you're talking about his motivation made something click in my mind. Um, you know, when when they talk about his motivation in either this trailer or trailer number two, on the bottom of its screen, the screen it says Tony Stark helps fund damage control. Yeah. Uh, you know, the government factor. And I'm wondering if we might still get that damage control put pilot at some point. You know, but they pushed it till after this movie comes out. Hmm. Yeah, I, like I give you, it a twenty percent chance we ever see that. But they want they want everybody to to get in on it and and want that show that's you know coming straight out of this movie. That's what they want is they want everybody clamoring for it, right? Rather than just like right. throwing it at us. But I feel like they're treating this whole damage control situation real seriously in this movie, whereas it was supposed to be a comedy. Uh, the the, mo- the the show was and and damage control and I think powerless uh, really hurt the chances of damage control being made the failure of powerless yeah I'd agree with that but you know I it's not how TV works TV they go well this premise didn't work for another show but the problem with powerless wasn't the premise the problem is it wasn't a good show <laughs> yeah it wasn't and it, it was so sad too because it had so many great people involved. Tudyk was great. Yeah. I, I love Danny Pudi. Uh, I love Ron Funches. Uh, I really liked a lot of the people on that show. And uh, they weren't funny, which is yeah, crazy. They just had nothing to do. To have all those great people. I, I My favorite character was like uh, Alan Tudyk's uh, assistant. She always made me laugh. Which, it wasn't Alan Tudyk? No. Wow, I know. Yeah, that's that's what I'm that's saying. They do for you these really big, funny people that I love, and none of them were that funny. Damn. Yeah, it's a real bummer. That's too bad. Yeah, so that might have been the nail in the coffin for damage control, unfortunately. But you know me, I'm still holding out hope. Oh yeah, they paid for a put pilot. So we we have to you, get that. Damn it. <laughs> you have. We're to entitled give that to, to us. it, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> you promised. You us. guys podcasted about it. They owe you. They That's owe right. at least us. Yeah, like they can give it to us, and then we'll distribute it to the Patreon subscribers, and then that'll be it. <laughs> that'll get everybody on board, right? 
four dollars a month and up <laughs> oh uh did we say per month oh per episode sorry <laughs> no yeah um, i meant per day <laughs> to get that damage curl pot you know it's got you gotta really uh, milk it um <laughs> milk the patreon now uh and by the way, you're 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 you. you th- thank you, uh, Nate. You were our first Patreon subscriber. Yeah, I still got to do the uh, the incline bench press that you ordered. <laughs> <laughs> and so, if you would tell the people, uh, how was it easy to set up? Was it easy to do? Yeah, I mean, I actually didn't have any Patreon like account set up or anything. It didn't take that long to set up. I can't remember. I think I just linked mine with my Facebook, which we can talk about computer security implications on Jeff's computer podcast that I'm sure he'll launch. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, no, I mean, it didn't take long. I just linked it to Facebook, put my card in and, you know, how do I put it without like sounding sappy or like I'm kissing up to you guys, but you guys are my favorite podcast and obviously i write into you guys all the time like you're a subsection of the populations that's obsessed with this stuff at the level i'm obsessed with it (laughs) and like you know i live in the middle of nowhere most of my friends live like the big city from here is an hour away and it's like sixty-five thousand people so (laughs) you, you know like so i'm an hour away from most of my geeky buddies and so it's like this is my chance to geek out every week and it's like that's worth something to me thanks man well we really really did appreciate it and we really appreciate talking about it and thank you to all the other uh, patreon subscribers that came it's it's the first week we had it up and we already got six patreon subscribers and we really are just thankful for every one of you guys um, it's it's and really if you, if every, you every time that yet. ding happened on my phone, I was like, oh my gosh! I really like almost got choked up. They like me. They really like super, me. <laughs> it's just super sweet, and uh, that we're that people care about this thing we're doing, and it's really really great. Uh, what? Is, let's get back to the news. Yeah, man, let's get back to the news. So I think we've we pretty much beaten the uh, the Spider Man trailer to death um, <laughs> for being so spoilery, asshole. Um, but let me just say. It's really good. Like I really like. Oh yeah, this movie's going to be oh, amazing. The, the thing that I did like about this trailer that I, that I did want to say. Just um, me on the joke, okay. <laughs> what? I said just me on the joke, okay. Oh, I didn't hear the joke. Uh, this trip, this movie's going to be amazing. Oh, amazing Spider-Man! Yeah. Got it. Yeah. But um, but um, yeah. uh, so it's okay. I didn't what I it. what I loved about this trailer is it really looks like they're going to capture that feeling of. <sighs> Those fun teenage years for Spider-Man. No, uh, the origin story, but skipping all of the stuff, the hard parts of it about him getting his powers. They're like jumping into the most fun part of the origin story, which is like in in Iron Man 1 when Tony Stark is in his garage trying to figure out the best way to use his repulsors or whatever. Yeah, yeah. When he was like, this isn't a weapon. This is a flight stabilizer. And like falls over, yeah. blows the window out. It's like the most fun part of that movie, I think, well, is that like montage and- of him learning to use his powers. And I feel like the Spider-Man movie is it, it looks like they're getting right into that because he's already got his powers, already got his suit, and it's just going to be like, hey, do cool stuff, go, 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 go. 
Well, and one of the interesting things about Spider-Man, like, in the comic books, and I think they're nailing it on this, is his powers aren't what makes makes him interesting. Like, he figuring out his powers takes him, you know, a couple pages in the comics. Figuring out who Peter Parker is when he's a teenager, that's, like, his struggle. Oh, yeah, for like, sure. Like, Spider-Man has it easy. Peter Parker has it hard. And so, like, I think they're going to... Just the little bit of the classroom stuff, I think they're going to nail the tone on that part of the movie, too. Oh, yeah. I'm loving those parts of the trailer. Like, when we get him in the in the hallways and that peppy high school feeling music kicks in, and you're just like, oh, man, this is going to be like a straight-up John Williams movie right here. I get so yeah. excited every time I see those parts. Yeah. Looks really great. Love it. Anyway, so... Uh, next up in the news, Guardians 2 has powered on through 700 million. As of the recording today, worldwide is at 742.3 million dollars uh, worldwide, and that is going to be 310.9 million domestically. Woo! And it is uh, it is cranking on, man. It's only been what two, three weeks now. Uh, this would be the third week. That last week was the third week, I think. Yeah. So, here's yeah, a question. third weekend has you, passed. Sorry. Do you guys think this movie hits a billion dollars? No. No, it's, I don't either. It's it's slowing down. I, I don't think it has the juice. Well, it's... I think it's 850, 900, and I mean, that's solid for, yeah. you know, a solo superhero movie. That's more it's than Batman versus Superman. <clears throat> The, yeah, that's <laughs> and that's such a sad statement. It really is. I mean, like, I don't. I'm not trying to bash on uh, DC, but it's just so so sad that um, that they that it it beat uh, it beat Batman v Superman. Well, and Batman like, v Superman had a bigger opening weekend, but Matt, it had oh yeah. that massive drop on the second week. It had like a 79 percent fall off on the second week. Uh, this Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two from week one to two had a 55.5 percent drop, and then week two to three had a 46.9% drop. Uh, so after two weekends, it is now basically right at where uh, the amount of fall that Batman v Superman right. had. It's it's also thirty only $30 million away from catching its worldwide gross, Guardians of the Galaxy 1's worldwide gross. Uh, yeah. So it's very close to surpassing the first. And anytime you can surpass the first one, they're going to be pretty happy with you. Uh, they were so happy with Guardians One the, the, taking this team. They've they've created a new franchise, you know. Yeah, like no yeah, one absolutely no one Not thought sure. Rocket and Groot were going to be uh, big names. People thought Rocket and Groot were going to kill this. You know, people were worried Rocket and Groot were going to be. These cartoon characters that Disneyfied the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah, know. for sure. And they were but, probably the know, raunchiest part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, you know, and part of it too is you look at Guardians One, and it came out in August, and it went up against nothing. And I'm not saying that as a knock against Guardians One, but you know, Guardians last week went up against Alien Covenant and. Say what you will about the last couple movies in the Alien franchise, like the last five, if you're a fan. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, that's at least a name recognition movie. Well, and so that took draw away at least Friday. It did that it first kind of one over the I rest think of the weekend. 
I believe the first one was only out two weeks before Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles hit. I think it was the next week. Was it the next week? I think so. Uh, which was, I mean, that that oh, could have been a huge killer. But and and the thing is, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles it was awful. immediately took the top spot from Guardians, but Guardians just had it staying just power. It, it took um, it right back. It took so it back. Do you think? Do you think Wonder Woman kind of kills off the tail on Guardians 2 here? Yeah, it's it's going to destroy it right at the end. Depends on how good it is. Wonder Woman looks so I, good, and the reviews on it are so incredibly totally high agree. right now. I hope so. I really, like, I know this is the MCU podcast, but, like, I am a comic book fan, and I really, really want Wonder Woman to pull through. Me too. And, Me uh, too. And honestly, like... I was so upset by Batman versus Superman that, like, I wrote up a list of, like, 44 things I ha- had problems with with the plot. I think DC on screen actually, like, did a whole episode about an email I sent them. <laughs> 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 like, addressing all of my issues with that movie. <laughs> Nathaniel has been commissioning podcasts for much longer than we've been offering it. Yeah, that's super funny, man. <laughs> that is super funny. Uh, I think I vaguely remember that that episode, but I don't think I knew it was yours. That's really funny. I remember them I'm doing the a breakdown of someone's email for like an entire episode once. I just looked it up <laughs> while you guys were talking. Um, Guardians 1 came out August 1st in the U.S., and then uh, August 9th, I think it was, the very next week, basically, uh, mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles came out in 2014, and it took it back, or it took it for that first week, it took it for the first week that it was out, and then Guardians was just like, nah, let me get that back from you. You've had your time in the, sh- in the sun. And the thing about Guardians Go is it just kept, it kept making money every weekend for a lot of weekends. Yeah. And, and and I think that's possible, even with Wonder Woman coming out. I will say, though, I mean, as much as I love Guardians, and I loved Guardians 2, I think I saw Guardians 1 in theaters about eight times. I've yeah. only seen this one twice so far. So I'm, I'm definitely not nearly as drawn back to the theater as I was in the first time. I think the, the main thing that's going to take the money away from this movie, uh, in, the, in the beginning at least, has been the lukewarm reviews. Like the ones that say it's great, but yeah. it's not as great as the first one. Don't expect the first one. And I don't even agree. I don't agree with those reviews. I really don't. I don't think this one was worse than the first. I think it's great I in a different way. I thought this was better. Yeah. Uh, I think... I think I'd agree with that assessment, Nate. You know, like, it doesn't have that first-time magic. Right. But I feel like the villain's way stronger. That's true. I feel like there's better character development for each character. Yep. And, you know, maybe part of it is a lot of, like, the esoteric weird stuff appeals to the comic book fan of me. There's a lot in there if, like, you're into comics to chew on. You know, oh yeah, for sure. yeah. Marvel is definitely getting into the the real like weird cosmic stuff now. Yeah, and like yeah, everybody, absolutely. it seems like everybody's just opening up to it. And it's just it's it's really setting the stage for the the bigger cosmic portion of it. Like um, we could get Silver Surfer and nobody would care. Like they'd just be like, okay, yeah, that's cool. You know, there, there's that. That's part of well, this. Well, I mean, makes like sense. Silver Surfer is way more palatable. People know who that is. People have no idea who Adam Warlock is, oh. and they're just going for it. Oh. They're just doing the darn thing. It's going to be I so mean, great. We know. <laughs> I mean, huh. there's a subsection okay. of fans that has been like, 
salivating for Al- Adam Warlock since yeah. we saw a cocoon at the end of like the Thor 2 stinger. And we're like, <laughs> that's got to be him. Yeah, yeah, that cocoon looks just like it does when he's in his healing cocoon in the comics. That's clearly Adam Warlock. We're, we're like photoshopping pictures from scanned 1970s comics and putting them next to <laughs> clips from the movie like that yep. we took off a screener to just be like, there it is. There's Adam Warlock. Oh, man. <laughs> I did in uh, at the end of Iron Man 2. Like, I went back to that movie like four times just to get a picture on my phone of the hammer in the, in the post-credits yeah. scene. Just so that I could have that as my phone background. Yeah. yeah, we we should probably get into this more later, but like <laughs> it's real interesting to like. I remember like the wait between Iron Man two and Thor was what a couple years. Was oh yeah, it, two no, it years? was it was the next year, and like I would be on like message boards daily, like and they'd be <laughs> like they released this set picture and like just dissecting that stuff. Now Marvel's just like, here's all the information. (laughs) We're going to talk about this uh, on tomorrow's cast, which is going to be a State of the MCU cast. Uh, But State of the MCU Union. One of the things I want to talk about is, are we going to get another... Uh, what's the the another day like we did when they announced all of Phase Three at one time? Yeah, and if so, when? Because it should be soon, right? Uh, Do you want my opinion? Uh, because I hope yeah. not. No, like, you want it to be I think we, trickle out slowly? I think we know too much. And I think it's daunting looking forward at all the movies. And I think Marvel, from a brand perspective, they feel kind of... I, I think they, in some respects, feel bitten by it. Because they announce Captain Marvel and then they move it back because of Spider-Man. And they take some flack for moving a female-led movie back. And they move Black Panther back, same thing. The whole Inhumans movie, like, is it, isn't it happening? Like, They actually had to move Captain Marvel back twice. Right, right. And I think the second time was where you saw... And it's not like they took massive pushback for this stuff, but they took some. They took enough to be noticeable. If you're Marvel, do you want to do that? I don't know, because the value... Of that announcement and how powerful it was, the the fact that they did, I know they've made some minor changes, and you can argue about how minor, but moving back Captain Marvel and Black Panther and uh, turning Inhumans into a series instead of a movie are some changes. Those are three changes they had to make, but like compare that to the DC side. And like they oh, keep calling their shot there? and completely not finished following through. Oh, yeah. Whereas Marvel has followed through on ninety percent of what it promised at that theater, and I think that is that puts a lot of faith in them for me. Like when they say they're going to do something, they they really are planning to do it. You know? Yeah, it's not turning oh, into I, the Flash I, movie. I agree with you a hundred percent. Like what Marvel did there is they said. DC's coming out with their universe, but hey, look what you're going to look forward to from us. And they called their shot. It was a fire across DC's bow. And, you know, they executed on it, you know, with what, 85% accuracy? That's pretty good over 
how many years worth of movies were in that announcement? Yeah, that was like lot. six years, seven years and, worth of movies. And they even had some problems with directors and stuff, but they still kept it mostly on schedule. And you know, you know, the main thing that I heard from Kevin Feige in that whole thing when they announced it was he's looking straight at DC, right? He's looking at all of, at the executives at Warner's. He's just like, "You think you got balls? I'll show you balls." And but, he just lays it all out. Yeah, and pretty. One of my other questions is that announcement was actually made pre schism between Perlmutter and Feige. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, so I'm wondering where the push for that big announcement came from. If it was a Feige idea, if it was a Perlmutter idea, uh, you know, Feige might just not want to do it. He, what we've seen from them so far is, in general. Marvel is very secretive about their projects. Like, those actors do interviews scared. Sure, yeah. Well, they're secretive about their projects, but, I mean, uh, they, they did that that one move at the El Capitan. as El Capitan. I knew I couldn't remember the name of it. The El Capitan Theater, that one move was such a huge, like, laying out of everything all at once that there almost hasn't been any other spoilers that we've even wanted to know, you know? Like, like we know yeah. what's coming, and we just... And it also allowed for this brand awareness for, like, five oh, yeah. years... For, for, for three solid years, we've been talking about Black Panther It as generated like a movie. so much conversation for things going forward that they don't have to put out those spoilery trailers. They're like, we're just gonna get the fanboys to talk about it. They're gonna talk about it to everybody they work with who doesn't know shit, and then right. everybody who doesn't know anything is gonna be like, man, I really wanna see Black Panther. Yeah. Well, I mean... Be prior to that announcement, you know, I had started this big statistics like spreadsheet where I was <laughs> oh, yeah, tracking, <laughs> yeah, the legendary Nate Muzzy Marvel spreadsheet, yeah. which is pretty much dead at this point. But <laughs> I was predicting when movies would come out, and like to an extent, I kind of stopped when I started getting like everything right and it wasn't fun to hear announcements <laughs> anymore like you're just like it's too like, much it's just like no well well they announced an actor for this netflix show and it takes 10 months from when they announce an actor to when the, when the show can come out so you know you're gonna be in a 10 to 14 month window somewhere in there well what holiday weekend is in there and they'll release it a week before the holiday weekend like <laughs> That's... And it's like, part of it, part of the reason I stopped doing that is I was taking the fun out of hearing the announcements for myself. Part of the other reason I stopped is they just told you every movie that's coming out. Right. What I'd like to see is a similar event, but maybe not the entire phase four. You right. Know, if they did like the next three years and then every year we got an announcement of like, hey, these are the movies three years from now. That would be fun. Yeah, I mean, if they could even just roll it out one movie at a time, every couple of months we find out the next step, you know, three movies from now, you're getting this movie. Yeah, the next convention that they go to, announce the next one, like, you get one right. at, at SDCC, you get one at D23, then you get one at NYCC, and you're just, you're good. I feel like yeah. we're not going to get too much until the Infinity War, because... That's the main focus of yeah. Marvel right now. 
Speaking well, of Infinity War, yeah. they dropped their synopsis recently. I want to hear this. You want to hear about that? I do. Oh, get us back on track for the news. Okay. As the Avengers <laughs> and their allies have continued to protect the world from threats too large for any one hero to handle, a new danger has emerged from the cosmic shadows. A despot of intergalactic infamy. His goal is to s- collect all six Infinity Stones, artifacts of unimaginable power and use them to inflict his will, his twisted will, on all of reality. Everything the Avengers have fought for has led up to this moment. The fate of the Earth and existence itself has never been more uncertain. Mm. That sounds awesome. It sounds like exactly what we knew was coming. (laughs) So... Yeah, I... It just, it feels great to hear that in words and, like, see it laid out like we've, that yeah, we, we've assumed it's going to be thanos but who knows it could have been Don, uh howard the duck coming through <laughs> like the infinity stones they could have just gone cosmo a different the way. dog is taking over yeah oh, cosmo put, I, putting we it didn't on get to inf- see cosmo in guardians 2 i wanted cosmo i thought somebody said i thought he was in yeah. there for brute was he i think he was yeah i don't yeah. even rare but i i want to say it might the have same been, scene with howard the duck yeah like at that brothel ah that's not I think good he enough. Was running by. I need him to be the chief of security in nowhere. That's what I need him to be. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> um, yeah. That sounds awesome. I think we have another synopsis too, yeah, right? Along with that, they announced the synopsis for Black Panther, which comes out months before it. Hmm. Uh it says, and I quote After the events of Captain America Civil War, King T'Challa returns home to the reclusive, technologically advanced African nation of Wakanda to serve as his country's new leader. However, T'Challa soon finds that he is challenged for the throne from factions within his own country. When two foes conspire to destroy Wakanda, the hero known as Black Panther must team up with CIA agent Everett K. Ross and members of the Dora Milaje, Wakandan special forces, to prevent Wakanda from being dragged into a world war. Hmm. That's cool. See, that's so much smaller stakes, but it still feels really big. <laughs> you just said you know what I you like? just said World War, and you said that's so much smaller stakes. All of reality, that is not Matt. smaller stakes. All of reality. Yeah, but we haven't gotten there yet. That's the next movie. You know, they're still ratcheting up. We have never had a World War, a threat of World War in one of these movies, really. I mean, we've the had other a, thing we've had we've a threat of had. world destruction. Yeah, we've had a threat of intergalactic war, but not World War. <laughs> Still smaller. <laughs> Earth uh, Civil so, War. <laughs> one thing one thing I think we're seeing a hint at here is what type of movie this is gonna be. So where Ant Man was a heist movie and Guardians is a space opera. Are we getting our first like real political thriller in I, the MCU? I think so, although I wouldn't know I don't know if it's the first. I think uh, Winter Soldier was pretty much yeah, a, thriller. a spy thriller. Is that a spy movie or a, it, it, that was borderline, I suppose. But if this movie is in the same vein of movies as Winter Soldier, is anyone going to complain? No, Definitely God not. no. Not at all. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> so, is, that would be amazing. No, I think this movie's going to run pretty close to uh, to Game of Thrones, and uh, if you ever saw the series Kings, it's going to be something similar to that, in my opinion, but, you know, with superheroes. Hmm. Never saw Kings. It's real good, man. I think you'd when, like uh, it. What's Game of Thrones? Ha. <laughs> 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 I, that's. I think that that's what it's going to be, though, is that, that contention for the throne, 
more than anything like more yeah. than just like you're a hero i have to beat you it's like i want your power it sounds like it which it's interesting to have a a hero that is also a king that that's going to be an interesting yeah. dynamic we've never seen that that is huge i mean a thor uh, no, is not. that doesn't. Yeah, but he, he's part of no, the royal family yeah. or whatever. But you know, he at least feels with Thor. We at least have where he feels at the end of the movie. He decides not to be king. With you know Thor, what I, mean? I feel like right. he's a he's a hero first, and then like distant second, he's the son of Odin. Right. Well, at the end of the movie, if I remember correctly, he decides to leave for Earth. Yeah, at the end and of the like second movie. And that's like a big deal, because like, it's... Nah. He looks like he's going to become king at that moment, and they're like, you know what? No, I'm not. Uh, it looks like... It's interesting to have T'Challa, who embraces and thinks it's part of his responsibility to be king. Yeah, he's he's king first, and then Black Panther, very close second. Because, I mean, he well, even said, there's... like, as king and Black Panther, how do you think you can stop your friend... Or stop me from getting to your friend? Man. And... There's going to be political like ramifications for the events of Civil War. And, you know, uh, well, I guess actually Winter Soldier took place before that, so never mind. But <laughs> there's going to be political Im- implications for the Black Panther being exposed on a world stage. You know, I hope they get into, like, there's some citizens who are going to want to stay isolated. And maybe, maybe they can touch on maybe there's some relevance in today's politics not that i want to talk about those about (laughs) seeing a nation where there is a faction who wants to stay isolated yeah for sure uh and i mean it'll be interesting because it'll be interesting to have an african nation that might feel that way given that the politics kind of reversed it might it might might be an interesting uh it might it might lead to an interesting conversation if you've got a uh, this this strong African nation that like wants to stay out of this conflicts of the West or whatever, um, <laughs> instead instead of these Western nations that want to stay out of the conflicts of the of the like Middle East and uh, and you know whatever we are going to build a right. war and Zimbabwe is going to pay for it. <laughs> is that is that what they said? I think they said that in the movie, right? February. This movie is coming out in like eight months. It's coming out in February. We're gonna. Oh my gosh, that's not even eight months, is it? I'm mismath that hard. It's nine. Is it? Well, I mean, no. we're close enough to the end of, of May to say that it's... Yeah, it's about eight. About eight months, yeah. Eight and a half. So eight months, we're going to have this movie. That means we're going to get a trailer soon. For it Black does. Panther. <laughs> we might have a trailer, like, maybe even connected to Spider-Man. I think... Uh, I don't know. There's There's so much not happening in August, I think it's probably going to happen in August. That's exciting, guys. Trailer for Black Panther. Let's hear it for that. <laughs> Let's hear it for that. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. That's really exciting. Because, you know, Black Panther was probably... He tried real hard to steal all of the scenes that he was in in Civil War. He was a large was part wonderful. of that movie. He, he was, was so absolutely good. wonderful in that movie. Absolutely. The only scene he was in where he wasn't the star was during the big airport scene when Spider-Man showed up. Right. That was the only time, and even in the one-on-one fights, like he's fighting Captain America, you're watching Black Panther. So that's a win if you, you know, if you're trying to launch him as a franchise, that's a win. Yeah. You're yeah. just like, holy crap, that guy just did like a triple back spinning kick in the air. Ah, I want to see that hero. So good. That movie was so good. Move, Captain. Oh, 
just and you like you hear the seriousness in everything that he says you're like god man i just hmm, i don't know if i can handle his level of intensity but give me the movie anyway i'll I'll find out i'll watch (laughs) it four times and find out yeah so smaller screen news i guess is the big thing is the next thing that we want to really move on to yeah we were talking about this last week and um and in just in previous weeks in general, knowing when Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. comes out, uh, it's been announced that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is actually going to return in January of 2018, but it's going to have absolutely no breaks for its 22 season, or twenty-two episodes. All 22 episodes, just boom, 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 one, re- one week after the next. And um, that's a really, really big deal, because that's going to put it running... It's going to end at the very earliest on June 1st in 2018 because that's the 22nd Friday of the year. And, unless, um, unl- yeah. Unless they start a little bit after. Unless they double up. Yeah, if they double because up, maybe. They, we've seen that before and not necessarily S.H.I.E.L.D., but other shows where they'll do like two episodes on one night or whatever. Yeah. Especially for a finale or a... Or a or a premiere. I think though it might be uh, it might be something that they don't do this time around just because the 18th Friday of the year is going to be when Avengers 3 comes out. Avengers Infinity mm. War is going to hit on the 18th yep. Friday. So Ooh. that's going to be pretty late in the season. Well, the great thing about that is we're going to have we're definitely going to have repercussions. I can't imagine Earth makes it through Infinity War unscathed. No, not at all. Now, yeah. given the most recent uh Events given the recent events of Agents of Shield, it might not matter what's going on on Earth, but (laughs) also the first line of defense. Also, given the given the events of of Agents of Shield, which I I won't spoil too too bad right now. um, It could mean that we're going to be even more involved with the the events of Infinity War than uh, than than otherwise possible. So, yeah. That's exciting. Like, what if what if everybody in Agents of Shield happens to show up in Infinity War, and then like right after that, or right after the movie, like post credits, they're like, and starting tonight, episodes that are relevant to this, go watch the show. It would be it would be follow well, us. They don't care, and Perlmutter and Feige aren't going to work together like that probably, but it would be amazing. It would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with uh, Matt there, but. Part of me goes, how much of a fan is Feige and how much of a businessman is Feige? If he's a businessman, he's going to go, people are going to show up to the movie anyway. We don't need the fan service and the cross-promotion with the TV show. TV show, there's no one who watches Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that isn't going to Infinity War. But at the same time, like, it just takes a cameo. It takes five seconds with a camera, you know... Right. To get a little bit of footage, splice it into the movie, and it doesn't have to be major, but it would deliver on a promise that, you know, Marvel gave us that yeah. thus far has been weakly fulfilled. I would love you know, to see, like, even if you're just seeing the world collapsing and, like, like, like you could have a scene where, like, 
uh, Thanos is like destroying reality around Earth or whatever, and he's like, the heroes of this world are doing their best, but their best is nothing. And it just cuts through like shows different heroes on Earth fighting different threats, saving different people. And you could show Daredevil. You could show you could just show all these people. Yeah, and you could even show characters we've never seen before in the MCU just to like almost throw it off the scent of like it's not just this one that you blink them out of existence real quick oh gosh yeah well let's, be the let's worst. all be honest <laughs> this is agents of shield so if thanos kills half the universe like he does in the comics fitz is just gone right <laughs> like they hate <laughs> fitz why well, no but he's, he's not gone i mean they've had plenty of times to kill him no no Can yeah it won't be fitz him. it won't be fitz that's gone it'll be Gemma. Gemma. Gemma will yes, be blinked out of existence. Right in Fitz front of him. Fitz died would be too good of death. What did Fitz do to those writers? <laughs> Dude, I don't know. Like, I feel like that actor, there's got to be some, some, like, background beef. Because, like, everyone loves Fitz, and those writers love hurting Fitz. God, yeah. It's just, uh, uh, why would, Poor why? Fitz. Like, Gemma's going to be blinked out of existence violently right in front of him. and He's just going to cry. Oh, yeah. Constantly. Oh, it's going to be rough. And then, and then, <laughs> and then Thanos is going to resurrect half the people that he, that he blinked out of existence to fight for him. And then, like, hope is going to be in that. And we're going to see Mac break down. Boo. Yeah, they'll find some way to, like... Put Gemma's soul in Ward's old body. <laughs> <laughs> Brett Dalton, you're playing Gemma Simmons now. And he's like, all right. And he does it. And he can do it. Yep. We know he can do it. You know, the first season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. takes a lot of crap because, like, Brett Dalton was not intriguing as Goody Two-Shoes Boy Scout Ward. And then you realize, like, oh, that's what they told him to play, and this guy can play, like, just about anything. Yeah. Because he literally has in every subsequent season of the show. Oh, yeah. He's been a different character. He's he's played more characters on this show than there have been seasons. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. He was was a plank of wood in the first half of the first season, (laughs) and then uh, he actually became a person, and then we saw him He was a He was an... uh, 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 a Daisy obsessed Hydra agent for a season. <laughs> he was Hive, which is, is enough crazy. characters in itself. And now he's like he's played this framework ward, which, hero ward, hero right. ward. So that, it's just at, been great. At this point, if you told me that all of the stunt doubles for the other characters are played by Brett Dalton, I'd be like, oh, well, that makes sense. No, yeah, yeah. he put a wig on for Millen de May. That just makes sense. Yeah, totally. yeah, he does all the kung fu. <laughs> He he also wears the mocap for all the special effects. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like part of the reason season one was not as successful is because they enter your entrance into the Agents Shield world is through Ward. Like, and I, I think that was a mistake. I feel like maybe Daisy should have been the first character you really focus on, which she kind of was in that first episode. But like the first thing you see is Ward going to that apartment and fighting. And you're like, oh, he's an agent. We're following this agent. Yeah, we're following and this guy. He's our, he's our right. plank of wood that we're supposed to see. He's in, the everyman. He's the Keanu he's, Reeves. Exactly. He's the Keanu Reeves. Well, and, the, and part of it, too, is there's some rough... If we're honest, there's some rough acting in the first season, season and a half of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And to an extent, I still don't think Chloe Bennett's a great actress. But, like, 
all of the other characters I feel like have really found their footing. Like season one was carried on Clark Gregg's shoulders. Like he mm. felt like the only one who could act. And then like think about like the uh, episode where J- it's just Gemma in space. You know, and like look at uh, I'm blanking on the name of Fitz's actor, but Ian look Dikeski. what he's done over the seasons. You know, it, it's been there's been some great performances from everyone. So. I, I think the actors were, you know, these were no-name actors when they were hired. So I, I think that's one thing that's definitely gotten better is the acting. Absolutely. They've, they've grown with the roles, I feel like. They've they've really come into their own. Probably around uh, the second season is about when it felt like everybody was really coming into the role, uh, knowing exactly what they were doing and, and where the character needed to be to really drive it home. Well, and part of that is they del- there was so much dragging in season one to get to the big reveal, you know, the big Civil War reveal. And then water. it's like, after that's that's when the characters became who the characters are for the rest of the show. Yeah, it was, it was know, kind of confusing what, to have everybody just kind of become a real person all at once. It's like they flip the switch yeah. and everybody gets to turn on. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so... Last piece of news? We got one piece of news that's kind of really exceptionally real big spoilery. This next story has a spoiler alert for Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, uh, Volume (laughs) 2. Volume 2. So if you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, you may want to skip forward a couple of minutes. Uh, So what's that story? Well, Avengers Infinity War may include a currently dead Marvel Cinematic Universe character. A casting call has been put out looking for somebody who can uh, fill in for, do like stunt double, or just be a double for Michael Rooker in the in uh, Yondu makeup. Interesting. So, and that, that makes a lot of sense. He's out in the cosmic universe. He also has been around a while, so it could be a flashback. Well, or it could be a resurrection of some sort, which I'm kind of hoping not, because he had a good death. It's been said that it could be a flashback type thing, but... Uh, with the um, with the 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 way that the casting call is, it's like it's going to be a, a long period kind of uh, kind of uh, gig for whoever gets it. So it might be more than that. It's it's likely to be more than that. My thought is on. Uh, I'm I'm focusing particularly on a line that Rocket says in the first movie, um, with Thanos being obsessed with the personification of death. Uh, that would come with that would be everyone who has died. And Rocket says, everybody's got dead people. You know, we all got dead people behind us. We Mm. all have to move on. But I think that Thanos and his obsession with death will bring back those dead people so that everybody, all of our heroes, get that that jarring effect and and distracted. And I think that's what Yondu is going to be for Peter Quill. Well, that's so spoilery. I almost don't want it to put included in the cast. <laughs> well, if that if I, that's a thing a, that actually happens. Well, interestingly, there were set photos of Michael Rooker like on the set of Infinity War. Oh. But what they said, what they said, because I, I follow J- James Gunn, yeah, and he said that they did that. To throw people off the scent that Yondu dies in Guardians 2. Now, it could be 
He's lying. Uh, triple cross here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing the math in my head. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, maybe he's in there. And I think there there's a couple things that make sense and a couple things that don't. One, the big criticism is death doesn't matter in the MCU. And yeah. To an extent, I really don't care. It's, <laughs> it's fun. It's comic books. Death has never mattered. But uh, sure. the other thing but is... But you, got, you if, gotta have stakes, though. You know, like... It, like I agree with you. I don't mind when they bring a character back. Like it doesn't bother me that a character comes back from the dead because it's comic books. You can do whatever you want. That's the whole point. It's this fanciful world. But but you have to death, have a search for Spock. Uh, right. Yeah. I, I, I would just say you have to have you have to have stakes. You have to have someone. If someone dies and they, every time they come back, then it's just. You just start to feel like none of this danger matters, you know? Yeah, you start to not get invested in the action. Yeah, and the and action yeah. only matters if your characters can die, you know? But Like Suicide Squad. The, the, none of those putties were going to kill any of the main characters. Yeah. <laughs> so you just watch the whole movie, and it's God, just I mindless action, right? Yeah, uh, well, the one thing I'm holding out for, like, or withholding judgment for... Normally, I would say, yeah, I don't like that, but we're talking about cosmic weirdness going on. We've got the time gem. We've got the soul gem. We've, you know, we've got the infinity gems, and there's room for, you know, there's room for Thanos to, like, resurrect Yondu just to throw him forward in time. Where, you know, Star-Lord, you know, just to torture these guys. Yeah, there's definitely room for that. there's... And the only reason I say that is then he would be available for Guardians, Guardians 4, which is... Yes, yes, exactly. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> so, I mean, we want to watch that movie, right? We want to watch that movie so, so bad. Absolutely. Like, oh but, my god, I need Starhawk. I need Starhawk to live his entire life on film and then go back and do it again. But, like, I, I want would, that time travel movie that Starhawk can give me. I would watch Michael Rooker and Sly Stallone like mow grass as long as they were in costume. <laughs> yes, yeah, those, yes. those two would be wonderful on screen together. Oh, but uh, dude, think about think about the Edge of Tomorrow style thing that Starhawk can give us. Like we could have an Edge of Guardians. Yeah, <sighs> absolutely. Mm. So that would be so cool. So how do I put it? Like I am open to there being ways that. Yondu's in this movie that don't lower the stakes because, like, if it's Thanos like using the gems to like mess with our heroes, right? Well, is that really lowering the stakes, or is it showing how omnipotent he is? I totally agree. I totally agree with you there. But it's 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 more of a collective overall sense that the stakes are lowered when every time someone's died they've come back I it's, think- it's a collective thing it's not in the moment in the moment it'll feel like oh my gosh this is so intense but it, eventually you just get tired if everyone comes back I think it'll keep the stakes high it'll, it'll keep the stakes high enough if the heroes that he brings back to life don't get to hang around like if they come back mess with our heroes we defeat the villain and then all the guys that he brought back die off again or like dissipate or whatever, they go away again. Right. Then it'll, it'll keep those stakes around. 
and it, it'll just sure not completely reset the universe. Sure, sure, sure. That's not bringing them back for good, though. I, I think we're talking right. about it. it kind of lowers the stakes to bring them back for good. But if it's a one-time thing, it's not a problem. It's just they've used that device a number of times. Yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm more of a defender than most. Like, there's those videos that, like, Are you? here's the 14 times that, yeah. Uh, here's when did the, you end filming? Here's the 14 <laughs> times that uh, Marvel brought people back from the dead. And if you watch those videos, a lot of times it's like, no, that just is somebody who got shot and then didn't actually die. Like, uh, like um, Nick Fury, it did not get brought back from the dead. But for half the movie, you're supposed to believe he's dead. So, like, because that's what she, he wanted you yeah. to exactly. Believe. But like, that's, that that doesn't to me thing. that doesn't lower stakes. For me, it lowers stakes if you end a movie thinking someone's dead. And you think they're dead a while, and then they're just back in the next one. That that's a little weird for me. You mean like Superman? Yeah. yeah. Well, no. See, they they did a worse thing with that. But don't even get me started. <laughs> oh my gosh, well, Superman! I mean, the, like they didn't even let it. They they didn't let the dirt rest on his grave before they had it flying again. <laughs> I I think the grand MCU example is Coulson, right? Yeah. You know, he dies. During Avengers, and then he's like front and center for a TV show, and everyone's going, "What's up?" And I think they actually did do some interesting things with that. Yeah, I think so too. But he was kind of Deus Ex Machina back. Sure. What, what I liked about it is that it wasn't so Deus Ex Machina in the sense that it took an entire se- like two seasons of unraveling that right. egg before you figured out like oh that's what happened and there's still consequences there's still problems and the way that ghost rider talked about something being dark with colson this season uh made me think that might have something to do with his death maybe there's yeah. maybe there's still some persistent um consequences from that and we don't know that that's just my speculation but uh there's something going on with Colson's soul, you know? There's something going on. Well, actually, we're supposed to talk about all this speculation tomorrow, but uh, let's, uh, let's, let's get to some <laughs> feedback real quick, and then we'll just, we're going to do a, a whole lot of speculation on tomorrow's episode. Um, so, uh, talking about the news, uh, Marvel Mom on Twitter says, are we going to talk about the appearance of Donald Glover in the Spider-Man trailer? Pretty rad. We didn't actually talk much about Donald we, Glover. We only talked about it a little bit. We, um, we barely skimmed the surface. I just love Donald Glover, and I'm happy to see him. He he only says like one line in the trailer or something. Yeah, you got to get better yeah. at this part of the job. <laughs> is is it confirmed that he's playing the prowler, or is that just the rumor? I think that's just the rumor because his role has not been announced, as far as I've seen. Okay. Because that was the big rumor, is he's playing the Prowler, which is like low time. Well, I think I said it earlier in this episode. Uh, Miles Morales' uncle. Yeah. Like low low level villain. Yeah. But, and um, it's, I mean, if it is, then that, that clearly sets us up as a copy of the. Uh, the Ultimates universe, which I'm completely okay with. And then that, you know, that gives us uh, more of an opportunity later. To push into you know a new Spider-Man, like a different Spider-Man, you get Spider-Man. You might get Spider-Verse, things like that, which Sony would love, right? 
The, I mean, they, they've already. Yeah, I mean, they cast Tom Hardy as Venom. They're trying to do it already with Venom. Yeah, yeah. They cast is, they cast Tom Hardy as Venom. Like, but come it's on. not connected to this universe. It's supposedly really sad. If it's not going to be connected to this universe, don't make a don't make a Venom movie. If you're gonna just just make the same deal and make it all a part of this, because yeah. You know, Nobody I know it's not MCU, on. so it's not for this podcast, but that thing's going to bomb, right? Well, I don't know if it'll bomb, I don't know. but <clears throat> if it's not part of this universe, I am I definitely don't care nearly as much. Like, it'll it'll probably be like Days of Future Past good. Like, some people will like it, some people will just be like, God, why? Come on. Really? Well, the problem with Venom is Venom is just there to be a mirror for Spider-Man. Yeah, Venom's only He's, good when Spider-Man's around. I mean, I loved him as much as every teenager in the 90s who read comics. I was like, this is awesome, and Punisher War Journal is awesome. But all they did did for a series of comics there is they took characters you love, dressed them in black, gave them a bunch of spikes, and called it a new character. Right? <laughs> and it was all about these anti-heroes. But what do we get out of the character of Venom? If we don't have the character of Spider-Man as the reflection there. Yeah, you have to you know, be his foil. It's like season two of Daredevil where you have Daredevil and the Punisher. Would that Punisher be an interesting character if you didn't have Daredevil to compare him to? Yes. Let's, Probably. Let's, yes. let's, to some extent. Let's hope so because that series is coming up. Yes, John Bernthal is amazing. We, That's why. But we've seen that character, you know as a foil and we know how crazy he is but venom is just going to pop out of nowhere and you know they're going to rate it r and it's like and he's going to eat what's people what's the market for that yeah so let's uh any other thoughts on donald glover yes he's amazing i'm glad that they yeah, that they're put him in, in everything right i'm glad that they're in uh, they including are. him since <laughs> miles morales was entirely based off of one shot of him in some undies yeah it's well and he voiced he voiced miles morales on one of the tv shows right yeah it was um cartoons i think it was ultimate spider-man is when he voiced miles morales it's awesome to see him awesome to see him on the big screen and in something like this gonna be cool uh on twitter says i don't have any shekels but i may be able to spare a gold grickle or two (laughs) Apparently the gold grickle is the currency on Bullwink- Bullwinkle and Rocky. So, Rocky and Bullwinkle. Uh, well, we, any, oh, any currency you'd like to share on Patreon, we're, we're happy. You know sense. what's really funny is that Omer Amalia messaged me directly on Facebook and was like, Hey, so the shekel is the unit of currency in Israel. And just like equated it for me. And I was like, oh, God, uh, thank you. I, I knew it was a unit of currency. I didn't know where. <laughs> Makes total sense that it's Israel, though. Apparently, it's a, a biblical referenced currency as well. Right, right. Which is, I'm sure, where I got it from. Probably yeah. <laughs> my brain is bouncing around in there. So Nathaniel Muzzy said to us on Facebook. <laughs> I, I I thought that it would just be really funny, and then I couldn't I couldn't hold it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Couldn't pull it off. Yeah, I couldn't pull it off. <laughs> yeah. What 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 did Nathaniel Muzzy say? <laughs> well, he said, and I quote: <laughs> "So there is a lot of speculation that the Soul Stone will be the letter H in Thanos, and that the stone could be in the hammer or Heimdall. I think we're all missing the obvious. The H is for hair." 
We see Thor's <laughs> hair destroyed in the trailer. Obviously, this is where he draws his power and where the Infinity Gem is hidden. I am, of course, joking. Winking emoji. <laughs> yeah, are you really? That guy are you sounds really like joking? a real jackass. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. Are you really joking, Nate? I mean, come on. He may, maybe it's like a Samson story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thor, Samson's made its motto, whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing. Like from the reaction I've seen from ladies in my family, I would say that <laughs> that's where he draws some sort of power from. Because everyone was real, real from, upset about uh, that hair getting from cut. his hair and his abs. Those uh, a lot of his power. Uh, it's all of his brains. <laughs> that's a brain. That's a brain. <laughs> You saw the short, right? I don't think so. Yes, yes. Oh, God. Nathaniel saw it. What, I know I did. You, I know you I saw the short. You run a podcast short. for this kind of thing. I know I saw the short, but I don't remember that there's a brain. In uh, it. He's he was saying the brain's a muscle, so all oh, you, all my muscles oh, are brains, right, and he's right, like right. he flexes like has a brain, and he likes pointing it all over right. himself. He's like, I got more brains than you. I remember now. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's move on. Ashley on Twitter said to us, Adams, you cast. I think we're going to bo- lose both Vision and Heimdall. He needs all the stones. Plus, Elba's contract is running out. I I don't think she's necessarily wrong. I really don't want it to be that, though. Like That makes me so sad. <laughs> He's going to get all the stones. He's got to. He's got to get all the stones. And I feel yeah. like the movie is going to end with him having all the stones. So, here's, here's a question. Is it better to have Heimdall for, let's say, three more Thor films or two Thor films in an Avengers movie? Or would you be better off with him going down like a total badass in this movie? Because what have we seen Heimdall do other than stare? And, I mean, he took down like a spaceship one time and got frozen. But, like... Let's see what Heimdall can do and give the guy a proper send off. Yeah, like, I think I think it's I think Heimdall's a pretty likely candidate for death. I don't think Vision is. I don't think we've done enough with Vision yet. Well, th- that's the thing about Vision. He's synthetic, so he can be rebooted. Sure, sure, sure. Or, or like powered or with a different source. You know, he he could have a repulsor or a um, an arc reactor put into his forehead to power him, and then just yeah, use like I, repulsor blasts from his forehead rather than the solar beam or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We'll we'll see something like that, or Tony Stark will just build the solar gem to replace the Infinity Stone. But I don't think I don't know that we're going to see him fight in the Infinity War. He might he might be one of those deaths that comes back three movies later. Right, very possible. Oh God, that would be so crazy. Because that would be that would follow or, comics like you know to the letter. He sacrifices himself and then is rebuilt and then like accidentally builds Ultron again because that's just a subroutine that got put into him. It's like, oops, I did this. So, thus far in the movies, we've only seen, like, telekinesis from Scarlet Witch. But in the comics, she could totally just go nuts and, like... Remake reality. He could die, and then they come back to the mansion, and he's just fine and walking around, because Scarlet Witch is that kind of crazy and that kind of powerful. I almost feel like... if (laughs) Here's my speculation. If they reveal her power to be that strong in the Infinity Wars movies, these two movies we have coming up... Uh, she dies. That's yeah, that's my that's my speculation. Maybe because I feel like if they reveal her powers to be all that they are in the comics, they can't keep her around. <laughs> like at and least if, at least not in a functional capacity. If they do, she's gotta she's gotta have that mental instability that she has in the comics. Yeah. Right, right. 
So, do you guys, Matt, maybe you haven't read it, but I bet Jeff has. Do you think they'd ever do Avengers Disassembled in the movies? Do you think, you know, the fourth Avengers movie, like, maybe maybe she and Vision, like, have kids. Or, you know, maybe not have kids, obviously, in the time frame. But maybe she's pregnant and Vision dies and she goes nuts. And, like... Because they're talking about changing the landscape of these movies, so they are indeed. <sighs> I don't know, man. I I, I have a feeling that they're going to be going more cosmic rather than magic and chaos. I I'm seeing up up and coming the scrolls being the big thing. Um, I don't and know, man. Being a secret we, invasion. They just introduced Doctor Strange, which introduces the whole the whole magic realm as well. So I think that we they've covered so much on earth and they've had these wonderful battles on earth. And now it's just time for them to expand in both directions. I think, I think think with Dr. Strange, they were just testing the waters and they see that it's good that, that people want that. And they're, they're thinking about what they're going to do, but they've already kind of decided cosmic is the next big thing. Cause I mean, they're, they're, they did that with Guardians. They kind of towed in a little bit, said, okay, everybody wants this cosmic thing. Let's make Thor Ragnarok be cosmic. Let's do Guardians 2 and make it be crazy cosmic. And and that's the that's the push that they're going for. Thanos is the big bad in the next Avengers movie. Like it's gonna be a cosmic push. Yeah, but you know, talking Agents of about Shield Thanos, is Thanos, where they are. Thanos is cosmic, but he's also uh, I mean, Doctor Strange draws a lot of his power from the Eye of Agamotto, which is an Infinity Stone. So, like, it, even though he's cosmic, he's also magic. I mean, the, it, the the stones themselves are practically magic. Yeah, I mean, it's just technology we don't understand, right? Sure. Thor yeah. said so. <laughs> I I just, you know, I, I really think uh, Avengers Disassembled is a super long shot. But if we got the actors we have now... We got a scene of them at a boardroom table deciding whether or not they were going to kill the Scarlet Witch like they did in the comics. That would be some great, great movie action. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, we could we could effectively get a uh, a third pod of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but in movie form in House of M. Right. But I don't know. I don't think that they would do House of M mostly because of the mutant thing. I think it would be like House of Inhumans. Yeah, right. House of I or whatever. <laughs> anyway, yeah. uh, in comics and in the TV shows, like substituting mutants for Inhumans just doesn't work. It it doesn't feel right. You know, it just it well, doesn't feel like the thing that they need to do. Part of it is is just how the powers come. You know, in humans, like you, ra- you have the gene; it's your birthright, and then you're randomly hit with terogenesis, You know, a crystal. The mutants, you have the gene, and then it manifests at puberty, and obviously, that's a big metaphor that you yeah. miss out with. Absolutely, with the humans thing. That's true. Yeah. So, hmm. and I think I think a lot of a lot of. A lot of the imagery in the mutants uh, stuff in the comics just has to do with those like pubescent children, like dealing with their. 
I mean, the, the school for gifted children. I mean, that's, youngsters. That's the, that's the whole thing. Yeah, school right. for gifted youngsters. That's the whole thing, and it's it. You don't have that with within humans because a lot of times they don't become that until adulthood. <laughs> it's the uh, right. It's the city for gifted oldsters. Yeah, <laughs> it's the city for beautiful powered people. Right. Yeah, <clears throat> that's kind of exactly what it is. All right. So Ashley continued on Twitter saying, "At MCUcast, love speculating." Comic plots. Hela slash Thanos love plot. Loki's being Hela's alleged father, Mom Angerboda. Misty and Danny Rand. And that was that was it on that one. Right. Just so, uh, speculating on the Hela Thanos love plot. Possible love do combinations. Think, do you think she, do you think she's the replacement for uh for, I think it's possible. Death? I think it's really possible. I don't know though that she's gonna be around that long. With Marvel's tendency to try to kill their villains, it's true. In the um, movie unless, that they introduced them, uh, unless Ragnarok is just very directly setting up Infinity War, which it very well could be. Yeah, I, I think it is, and I think she is essentially going to be our Mistress Death. And it's possible that during the events of Thor Ragnarok, she increases her power to become Mistress Death. You know, maybe it's more oh, of a mantle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She you just, know, something she like that. takes it up and, and becomes that. Right. Right. Instead of being Asgard's, you know, god of death, she becomes the universal symbol for death. I, I really think Thor Ragnarok is setting up to be this fun roller coaster ride, but I think it's going to end on a down note. I think it's going to be an Empire Strikes Back. Uh, I don't think Thor comes out of it unscathed. You know, maybe he lives, but I don't think he wins. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, my that's big what prediction. I'm seeing there is like Thor lives, but Asgard loses. As far as what were the other ones? Misty Knight and Danny Rand? Yeah, Misty and Danny Rand. I, I just, I don't like Finn Jones. I, yeah, like, I like, like Misty it, Knight so much. <laughs> right. He can wow me. I'm open to him wowing me in, in Defenders, and maybe then I'll be cool with it. But, like, right now, that character deserves better. <laughs> you know. You deserve yeah. better than that terrible actor. <laughs> I think it's mostly just bad direction They already wasted Colleen Wing on him. Ooh, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Colleen Wing I think, deserves better, too. They all deserve better. I think Misty and Danny's not going to happen simply because they've spent so damn long setting up Colleen and Danny. Yeah. And, but, I mean, you know, Luke's already gone through a few of the ladies, so... <laughs> Maybe he'll come back to Jessica. Yeah. One can only hope. Uh, he also mentioned Loki being Hela's... Or Ashley also mentioned Loki being Hela's alleged father. I think that's the case in the comics. I know that's the case in the myth- Norse mythology that he's her father. Um, I think they're going to go sister. Um, mm. But we'll you think, see. You think they're really going to like swap her out for Angela like that? Like, long-lost sister? We'll never see Angela in the movies because there's some rights issues uh, with McFarlane. So, huh. part, of, part of it is, uh, do, they, do you want your sex symbol bad boy god of Loki to be a uh, deadbeat dad? You know, these are Disney concerns. That's fair. Well, yes, but, you know, like... Every Skywalker's a deadbeat dad. <laughs> That's true. Uh, but, like, 
isn't Loki also supposed to be the father of like what is it the Fenrir Fenrir wolf, like the big wolf from Ragnarok? Yeah, like so. I think they probably we might see Loki conjure that thing. Right, like but I he's the think, metaphorical father of it. Right, I don't think we're gonna see him sire a wolf son. Yeah, I, d- I doubt it. I, I doubt. <laughs> I don't it. know, man. Marvel's into the Although weird. There's certain, there's certain sects of deviant art that probably have already gone there. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, yeah, we're gonna get him to change into an eight-legged horse and distract this other horse, and it's gonna be fine. It's nice. great. Oh, we're going to do it just like Norse mythology. <laughs> you know, where it doesn't yeah, make any damn sense at all. They decided that's the one place where they're going to be real strict to the Norse <laughs> mythology. <laughs> they're real loose everywhere else, but right there. that's You've got to draw a line somewhere. Right there, they're yeah. not loose. It's pretty tight there. Oh, Gosh. <laughs> All right. So Ashley on Twitter also <laughs> said, At MCU cast, just saw King Arthur last night. I loved it too. Hunnam is my dream cast for Havoc in an X Factor movie ever happens. I do think it's, it is like, it's only a matter of time before Hunnam is in one of these movies. He's just got such a, I actually think he could be a great Wolverine. I think that he said he doesn't want to do one of these movies. Oh, really? If he I should. recall correctly, he said he didn't want to. He should. He's I'm so good. I'm not a Hunnam fan. Really? I like Hunnam a lot. I, I, I don't think he's bad, but like, like I loved Pacific Rim. Like my other obsession is kaiju movies. So like, I love Pacific Rim, but he didn't do anything to wow me there. And I guess I've only seen one season of Sons of Anarchy, so maybe he does some stuff there that like I just haven't hit on but like i think he's fine but i feel he's a little bit like jai courtney which is stop trying to make him happen <laughs> see I, I don't i don't feel that way with him i i really liked him in sons of anarchy um and i do think he has like a great presence for like a good anti-hero um again i kind of would like he doesn't have the right color hair but i'd kind of love to see him as a wolverine <laughs> Hair color can be changed, though. It's true. I could just Cast see him, him as Ghost Rider. I could see him Put as him like back a berserker. on a motorcycle. <laughs> yeah, maybe that, no. that could work. He could be your uh, Johnny Blaze. Yeah, no. If they'd like a flashback movie of Johnny Blaze, Since... he could make a TV cameo. That's really cha- Charlie Hunnam work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nah. Nah. I mean, I, no, like I'm not opposed to him in the movies, but like he's not a draw for me. Yeah, right. He would be for me. I do like him a lot. I don't know that I'd put him well, as then, havoc though. Being Scott Summers' younger brother, be uh-uh, I don't know. He looks like a havoc to me. Yeah, I, could, I mean, he looks like I mean, an older havoc. Yeah, I guess. I guess when Depends I think havoc, line. I guess he's blonde. Yeah. He's blonde and cut, so therefore havoc. <laughs> I, I just see him as I like the reason I say Wolverine. I just think he's a brawler. Like everything I've seen him in, both Sons of Anarchy and uh, and King Arthur and uh, Pacific Rim. And, and Pacific Rim. He's just kind of like he's just that like he's that scrapper, scrappy brawler guy. I want to. I'd love to see him play any character that he fits like that. Can't think of any offhand that he would be good for, except for Wolverine. But but again, the hair. But I don't I don't know what he would look like with with brown hair, or black hair. It'd be weird. 
It'd be weird. But he already has all the scruff on his face. I just, I see a Wolverine. <laughs> uh, all right, Levi on Twitter says, uh, he posted a picture of Misty Knight with a bullet in her arm. And it says, does this mean Misty will get her arm? Uh, I don't think that picture means that. I think it's very possible that we will get the arm. But I think that picture was actually from Luke Cage. That's what it looked like. Is well, it, it, said, it looked like yeah. it said, her bullet wound exactly uh-huh. where it was in the Luke Cage series. I think they're going to tease us with that arm and, until like the, we as fans can't take it any longer. Like... She's going to be, like, investigating in, like, a meat processing plant and almost slip and fall. Like, there's going to be a bus accident and her arm almost gets pinned. Like, because that's right. what they did in season one of Luke Cage. They did. Like, they, did. they played with us. Like, we want that bionic arm so bad it hurts. And they're just going to, like, dangle it out and just be like, maybe next season. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe, ooh, ooh, ooh. maybe, no. Maybe Defenders too. She gets the arm. Who knows? You better man. watch. Oh, God, a lot of people yelled at me on spoilers, or uh, yelled at me about spoilers for posting the set video from the Defenders when Luke right. was carrying her. But I think she could have the events happen in the Defenders. It's possible. It's definitely possible. These next couple stories have a couple of spoilery things in them uh, for both Guardians and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and maybe anything else. So if you're sensitive to spoilers, you may want to bail out. But uh, not nothing too... Sp- well, yeah, some spoilery things. Let's just go ahead and open it up so to everything. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert for these last couple feedbacks. Uh, so Levi uh, said next on Twitter, Adam, so you cast random, but on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, when Yondu crashed, he picked up something off the ground that the camera focused on. Anything to it? Hmm. He picked up the little frock, didn't he? Is that what it was? I think he picked up one of his little his bobbles. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He, yeah, it, yeah. I think throughout the I think you're right. Throughout the movies, he has little bobbles on his console, I like and to he put gets, them across my control console. He gets he gets one in, up. in the scene where he's trying to buy uh, the the orb, or so he's trying to find the orb because uh, Star Lord beat him to it. He, he goes to that guy, he's like, I'm going to take this. I like to put it on my console. So, yeah, and they, they actually put a bunch of those little baubles around him in, in his in his funeral scene as well. So Yeah. It's uh, Chekhov's bobble frog. <laughs> I really loved, really loved to see that frog in that moment. It was really wonderful. I like that. Yeah. I like that, like you said, they, they put that in there and then it just didn't matter. Like it was kind of a Chekhov's gun, but then it just didn't matter. Well, but what the payoff for the frog is in the second movie, you know, not to get too spoilery, but like that was in the first movie, that was your tie to any sort of humanity that Yondu had. You know, he was a t- secondary character possibly even tertiary, you know, and, you know, all you saw him do was fly spaceships, yell at Quill, but, like, that was the through line that was like, oh, this guy's got a soft side. Right. And so seeing seeing that frog, like, if you were really into the first movie, which I think we all were, like, seeing that frog at the end of the second one, that was a powerful moment because you're like, 
Oh yeah, you know, I liked this guy a long time ago. I think seeing the the troll doll that Peter gave him at the end of the first one would was more powerful. Yeah, that was for really, me. Pretty that that's was, fair. That was really driving home that that connection that they had more more so than the frog because the frog was just fun. But I definitely see Nate's point that like all of those little baubles are a, kind of a a nod to his humanity, his good side. Next thing is a voicemail. Uh-oh. Yeah, I just wanted to comment that Guardians 2 looked amazing in 3D, but they showed a trailer for the Spider-Man in 3D, and it, the fight scenes looked horrible, like absolutely horrible. So don't see that in 3D. Interesting. Uh, we just got to, yeah. So uh, thanks for that. Thanks for that uh, knowledge. Apparently the Spider-Man trailer Looks horrible in 3D. Of course, I will say, sometimes these effects aren't finished in the trailers. Yeah, sometimes they're they're not quite done. I think at this point, though, they they should be. Yeah, they should as be, As close for sure. as they are to release. And and if they're going to you know try to sell the movie on these big IMAX theater screens, they should probably make sure the effects are ready. Yeah, but maybe the maybe the 3D editing is not quite where it is. Sure. Like, where it needs to be for, for full release. But it's kind of... Uh, disheartening <laughs> you know the only place i watch these movies in 3d is at home like so i i wait and buy the big special edition box set at the end of every phase and that includes the 3d blu-rays which is the only reason i own a 3d blu-ray player <laughs> and like there's a definite transition from where they started filming for 3d and like Avengers 1 is rough in 3D. It really is. But then, is. like, some movies are great in 3D. Hmm. So, the question is, you know, this is a Sony movie. Are they shooting it for 3D? Are they shooting it in IMAX? Uh, it's I don't to, know. I mean, they're going to release it in IMAX. I don't know if they're shooting it in IMAX. I right. haven't heard that, so I kind of doubt it. They've made a big deal. Uh, aren't they shooting the entirety of the Infinity Wars in IMAX? Uh, they're shooting well, them with the red cameras, the Aura red cameras okay. that uh, that Guardians 2 was shot in. Okay. Well, and Disney has a big like uh hand-holding agreement with IMAX going on. I don't know if they have any stake in the IMAX technology, but like between the Star Wars and the Marvel movies and some other films, like they're pretty much tying up those IMAX screens for the next bunch of years, and I don't know that Spider-Man's included in that. Hmm. Um, I'm sure they'll release it in IMAX. It, I mean, oh, it's, yeah, it's they'll release being released. It, but... I just don't know that it's going to be that big a thing. Right. right. Well, let's know. get to the last piece of feedback. Gary Vasut. Gary Vasut said to us on Facebook, <clears throat> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. series finale spoilers. Good evening, gents. Good evening, sir. What a spectacular finale to the best of, or sorry, to the best season of Agents of Shield yet. Love the finale and what an ending. Given what has transpired, I think it might be interesting now that we're in space that we might see some secondary slash tertiary characters from the Guardians of the Galaxy films on Agents of Shield. I will double down on that hypothesis and call something here and now. John C. Riley's character from Volume 1 will show up at some point during Season 5. I base this off of nothing more than baseless speculation, but you read it here first. I sincerely doubt it, but I love the, I love the thought. God, yeah, Nova Corps? So good. Oh, I want it so bad, but John C. Riley is a movie star. I mean, he was in Days of Thunder. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Let's yeah. Be, I love that. That's my poll for big movie that John C. Riley was in. But... <laughs> 
no. I think we could see some tertiary characters, but if we see them, it's going to be like Howard the Duck level, <laughs> and they don't have the FX budget for that. Yeah, well, like, we might get Cosmo the Space Dog. And it's just <laughs> a dog walking around, and everybody looks at him weird. I would yeah. almost be happier about that than cannot, uh, John C. Riley. I cannot wait to see what they do with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in space. I want it to be as weird as Guardians. Like, I really want it to go there. Right. I want, like, it to be so, I want them to be working with the Nova Corps. Right. I want Sword and the I Nova the, Corps to be working together. That's uh, yeah. I would love the Nova Corps. Um, and the Green Lantern question, Corps. Oh, sorry. Yeah, just throw sorry. them all in there. <laughs> just um, blender it real quick. Any core. A Blade Runner can show up. Who, right. who cares? We're just doing it now. You know what? We're While it. we're at it, Blade shows up because space yeah. vampires. Because space yeah, vampires. They're a big problem. <laughs> they are there you got a job uh, Van Helsing like shows up for no apparent reason it's kind of hard to space Frankensteins it's kind of hard to hide from the sun in space or like <laughs> solar rays right yeah yeah that's that's what makes them more dangerous yeah uh, alright guys well we're gonna be back tomorrow Nate's gonna be back with us again and we're gonna be talking about all kinds of it's going to be a state of the MCU. We're going to discuss where all of our characters and franchises and series have been and where they're going. It's just a good time to do that now that we're we're done with... Uh, we're kind of at a stopping point yeah. where we can stop and reflect and look forward. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's do that. Uh, but for tonight, that's about all. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast, a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Find us at mcucast.com, at mcucast on Twitter, facebook.com slash mcucast, mcucast at gmail.com. And if you want to support the show, uh, go to patreon.com slash mcucast, and you can, uh, you can sign up to support the show there. Uh, we, we, we can accept any amount. If you want to go throw us 25 cents all the way up to the $4 level over there, you can do... Uh, you can get commission an episode plus some MCU cast swag will be coming your way every six um, months. Every six months, so check out that. Go join the MCU cast Patreon or call us at five seven three cast MCU if you would like to leave us a voicemail to be played on the cast. Uh, thanks so much. We'll be with you tomorrow. Until next time, true believers. Mm-hmm.